Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their ind industry insights, their information, or simply learning from them. But before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Steve Fredlin from United States, founder and lead strategist for Steve Fredland Solutions. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, AJ. I'm excited to be here. Great. And we, we too, our audience here in India will certainly like to profit from all the experiences that you have. And especially, you know, a lot of business and entrepreneurs. And that's the topic of our discussion today. How can entrepreneurs and business leaders become happier? Because you talk about it a lot being a keynote speaker and also as part of you know your your suggestions to a lot of companies small business especially that you bring that expertise and talk to them so straightway to the point steve you know you tell people to you know especially leaders to stop leading like you are choosing toothpaste what do you mean by that <laughs> I, I it's kind of a catchy line isn't it well i think i think yes. so many times you know as i've looked at my own journey of happiness and unhappiness over the years you know we have seasons of happiness and unhappiness and i've had my own journey and i've talked to other people who've had their journeys and one of the one of the keys to happiness is being intentional in our decisions uh, making sure that we understand who we are and then intentionally aligning ourselves to that and so many times we make decisions by default right as leaders as people you know just living our lives we do things because that's the way they've always been done or that's the way that we should do something or that's what people expect of us we just live our life by default it's not really even our life so we're not intentionally making decisions and so i use the example of choosing toothpaste how many okay. people have actually really strategically figured out what toothpaste they should use you know have we done taste tests do people take Colgate and Crest and AIM and Pepsodent and Sensodyne and put them on a little, you know, tray and try each one, see which one they like, and then do all the research studies to figure out which one's most effective. No, I mean, people don't do that, right? People just choose the toothpaste that they grew up with, or if they got married, you know, what their spouse was using, that kind of thing. And so we just choose things by default. And that's what we start doing in our leadership and in our lives is we just do things. Well, that's the way things have always been done. We don't realize that we have more options than we realize and that we can be intentional. And so when we when we make decisions by default, when we're not intentional, over the years that accumulates and accumulates. And pretty soon we our, our job, our leadership, our life is really not aligned with who we are. And we wake up one day when we're in our 40s, in my case, and say, you know, my life is good, but this isn't even my life. I've done everything that everybody else wanted me to do, and I haven't been intentional. And so it's a challenge to leaders to to not lead like you're choosing toothpaste. Right, right. That's And, and that's why through your experiences, you spent a lot many years, 25 years in the corporate world, and, you know, and then then you may, went to Rwanda, then you started your, uh, became, became an entrepreneur, your small business. And now you are into training, coaching, and consulting. So instead of making talking about making profits, Steve, you are talking about leaders and entrepreneurs and everybody to be happier. How how did you come to that stuff? I, I'm I'm sure there is a lot of you know 
some story behind it. Can you share it with us? There is, yeah. I mean, it's probably a 12-hour conversation, but to, to narrow it down a little bit, again, it started with, with my journey. So about 15 years ago, I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, just north of there in the United States. And I was I had a good job. I had just been promoted. I had a great relationship with my wife, great relationship with my kids. Everything on paper was great, but I was completely miserable. And I couldn't figure out what was going on there. It was so frustrating. And because everything was so great and, you know, I'm a, I'm a white male in the United States, you know, so I'm already pretty privileged. I was trying to figure out, like, who can I complain to about this? I have nothing that I literally can complain to. And that made me feel even worse. Like, I have no right to complain, but I'm miserable. But I shouldn't be. But I am. But um, And so I was on this, just this really kind of an emotional crisis of what is going on and I eventually reached out to um, to a friend of mine, and I said, I don't know who to talk to about this. I don't know what to do. And he was sort of a mentor. He was a professor when I went through my MBA program, my master's in business administration. And he said, well, let's get together. And within about 15 minutes, he had a napkin out from the restaurant and a pen. And he said, okay, do you remember when we did our strengths finders assessment? It's a personality uh, assessing your strengths. I said, I do remember doing that. He said, well, what were your strengths? I said, learner, relator, achiever, strategic, self-assurant. Okay, great. Now, before you got promoted, how much were you utilizing your strengths? And it was off the charts, like 100%. Well, since you've been promoted, how much are you utilizing your strengths? Not at all. I'd been transitioned from really uh, an actuary analytical person to a more of a people manager in a marketing position. And it was a great role, but it wasn't aligned with who I was. And that made me re started making me realize how important it is to really align your life with your personality. And so rather than just taking a promotion because you should or taking a job because you should or going to college because you should or having children because you should, if it's not aligned with who you are, eventually that's going to catch up with you and it's going to cause unhappiness. And so that was part of my journey was figuring that out and realizing, wow, my own, you know, my own personality fits into my happiness, not just my world situation. Uh, and so for some of us, we get really happy by having a lot of financial success. And that's great. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. Other people are driven by other things, right? And so you have to figure out what it is for you. And so as that has moved into small business consulting, I left the corporate world like in the end of 2018. As that's moved into small business consulting, and as I worked with small business owners, nonprofit leaders on their actual business, that's been great, but what continue to come up time and time again is unhappiness. I've got this business, even if it's successful or not successful, there's just something not right. Like our business isn't really what we wanted it to be, right? Like I envisioned this and now it's not this. And so everything I do has this angle of helping the business, but also helping the, the individual become happier. And the reality is they're much more in line with each other than we realize. I think we, we, we have this concept of work-life balance all the time where, okay, here's work and here's life and work can be really, really hard and really, really bad and even miserable. But as long as we balance it with enough free time, it's okay. And when you're a small business owner, nonprofit leader, all of those things are integrated. Like you don't just have, you know, I'm not going to go to the office and I'm going to come home and forget about work. It's all together. And so I think the, the best leaders, the most, the happiest leaders, whether small business or in the corporate world have figured out that their personal life intersects with their business in a real strong way. And if you can become happier, you're going to be more successful uh, by whatever your definition of success is. And so long answer to a short question, but 
that's been the full circle. Like I, I started out just thinking, okay, this is going to be business support, analytical support, but you realize pretty quickly that there, there's a personal element to this and our happiness is so dependent on how much we allow our personality to be integrated into our business. Right, right. So I'll ask you along with uh, this, uh, this question that I'm asking is that how does one realize that they are unhappy? Because that itself is, it can be a tough task for many. Uh, how do you do that? And tell us about the Rwanda visit. What realization did you get there? Uh, yeah. Making people happy. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if you're not unhappy now, don't go searching for it. <laughs> don't, okay. you know, don't think, okay, hey, how, how am I unhappy? But I think most of us, you know, will know when we're in those periods of happiness or unhappiness. And I encourage people always to, to start writing down at the end of the day, what made you happy? What made you unhappy? You don't need to do a big assessment. You don't need to spend a lot of time journaling about it. Just write down, make a list on the left side, things that made you happy on the right side, things that made you unhappy. And then after 30 days or so, review it yourself, give it to somebody else, start looking for those themes. Because often it's not really what you think is makes you happy or unhappy. Like we think, man, I didn't have enough sales. That makes me unhappy. Well, maybe, but there's usually a root cause deeper than that, uh, that, that we need to look for. So, you know, unhappiness is sort of in the eye of the beholder. Um, uh, what makes you unhappy might not make me unhappy. You've got to figure right. it out for yourself. And that's the key to this whole thing is personal clarity. What truly authentically makes you happy? Not what should make you happy, not what other people expect to make you happy, but what truly makes you happy or unhappy. So figure that out uh, for yourself. So that is really, that is the challenge. Um, it's sort of the Albert Einstein. He said, if I had an hour to solve a problem, I would spend 55 minutes on the problem and five minutes on the solution. And I'm just such a believer that we, we skip over some of those clarity pieces about who we are, what we want, where we want to go, how we want to get there, who we want to get there with. We kind of skip over those things and start problem solving without really truly understanding the root cause of our unhappiness or even our business success or a business, you know, when we're stuck in our business. I think we just don't spend enough time really, truly clarifying what's going on there. And so as it pertains to Rwanda, uh, I'd started a nonprofit back in 2009, uh, really like a 12-year project to help uh, transform a community in northern Rwanda. At the same time, trying to use that to unite the people of East Central Minnesota, where I live, because there's a lot of divisiveness, a lot of division, uh, politically, spiritually, about how we feel about schools, just everything was kind of divisive. Um, and so I wanted to do two things. I wanted to unite the people of East Central Minnesota and at the same time have an impact over there in, in Africa where my heart was as well. I had, I had just become so burdened by the issue of the AIDS pandemic in sub-Saharan Africa at the time, uh, which, which really transitioned into a community transformation model. So yeah, so being there, I took four trips over there, took four different groups of people over there. We raised $3 million dollars. Uh, we never had any paid staff or overhead. So I'm really proud of that. We had a lot of impact over there. But it was it was sort of the, the cliche thing where here's people that don't have any money, um, that don't have any running water, uh, that don't have electricity, but they seem really, really happy. It's, you know, it's cliche. People say that all the time that I've been there, but it's true. And so that really, uh, I use that those experiences to really try to figure out what is driving their happiness. You know, if I'm a middle-class white male in the United States with a job at a Fortune 500 company, happily married with three great kids and no major health issues in our family, and I'm not happy, what is going on? So clearly that isn't 
for me anyway, that isn't the driver, then what is? What do they have? And so, you know, I have some answers to that, but a lot of it was just the questions that came out of that, you know, where I questioned myself, questioned communities, questioned society um, on what drives happiness. And so I've been trying to learn as we go so that then when I'm working with uh, my small business clients, nonprofit leaders, whoever, or in speaking elements, uh, I can share some of those insights. But yeah, that, those are pretty powerful experiences. Right, right. Now, talking about leaders, you said that in Rwanda, you found that they they don't have much, but they are very happy. You went soul searching about being in, in a very nice position. And, and it's, I can say that you are very enlightened, that you could understand that you had everything, but you are not happy. Everybody is not in a position. Then you went to Rwanda. You could see people happy for whatever reasons. That was your understanding of, of there. But certainly you did have empathy. I understand that when you have empathy, then you understand also a lot of things along with that. But coming to business leaders, and that is what we are discussing today, entrepreneurs and business leaders, how can they be happy? They can become happier. We assume that they are happy at the moment. But there are several of them who are, you know, they've got several issues that they are, that box them down or uh, whatever is on their mind because of business or whatever reasons. So I want to ask you that question is that what causes leaders to be unhappy apart from whatever the bigger issues that they face in their day-to-day -day lives? But yeah, generally, I, think, I think ultimately it's, it's misalignment between who we are and what we're being asked to do or what we've decided to do in our business. Uh, I think I, I use the example of like our physical backbone. Um, you know, it's the central support system for our bodies. And, you know, as I've gotten older, I've started having a few back issues where it starts to hurt a little bit, you know, uh, it just feels a little bit out of whack. And so it starts to create some discomfort. I start to lose sleep. I become irritable. I become unhappy. And then if you go to a chiropractor and they do something or they crack it or whatever, uh, they, they realign it. And then you start to feel a little bit better. And I think that's what happens in our leadership is we get out of alignment. And when I say out of alignment, I mean what our core identity is, like who we, we really are, what we really want out of our business and what our business has turned into. I think when those things are misaligned, we become unhappy. And I think that really is the source of all unhappiness. Think about anything that you're happy about, anything in life. It's probably because what you want is what's actually happening. In, in general terms. And, and anywhere you're unhappy, it's probably because things are not how you want them to be, right? We're unhappy about a, a medical diagnosis. Well, it's because we don't want that to happen. Like anything that we're unhappy about is where reality does not match up with our desired. And I think that's true of our leadership. And so the question is, what's misaligned? Okay. That's where clarity needs to happen. What is misaligned? What is it in the business that's not lined up with what I really truly want in my core? You know, sometimes we start a business and we're going to try to make a whole bunch of money and we do that, right? And we're working a ton and we're stressed out and we're making a ton of money, but we're unhappy. Well, that might be because that's not really what we truly want in our heart. That doesn't mean it's bad. Now, a lot of people really want that. And so they're going to be happy in the midst of that stress and all of those things. So you can't look at them and say, oh, that's what I want. You have to look at yourself. And so um, it really comes down to alignment uh, of who you are, what you really want. And again, I'll come back to clarifying what is it that you really want. Um, I've done sessions with business owners where they they contract with me to do like 10 or 15 coaching sessions. We have one session and then we're like, I think we're done here. 
I, we don't need to meet again. And because the, the plan was to walk through their business and every element of their business and figure out what's going on. But we did like a 90 minute just clarity session where I just asked questions. What, who are you? What do you really want out of this business? Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? What's your ideal day when you wake up? When you put your head on the pillow at night, what do you wish you felt? Like these sorts of questions. And by the end of them just answering those questions, which were really hard for them, by the way, because they hadn't really thought about those. By the time they answered all of those questions, all the business strategy just took care of itself. They knew what they had to do. They knew where they needed to, to expand. They knew where they needed to contract. They knew what they needed to do with employees. They, needed, they knew all of those things just from getting clear on who they are, what they wanted out of the business. So, you know, uh, trying to make as much money as possible is a perfectly viable goal. Just make sure it's, it's your goal and it's your identity. You know, creating an asset, creating a legacy, creating financial security, creating free time. All of these things could be goals, but a lot of times they're competing, right? You can't always have all of those things as goals. Um, so you've got to figure out what it is that you truly want as a leader in your small business. And I know that sounds a little cliche. And frankly, if I heard myself saying this 20 years ago, I'd probably be rolling my eyes at myself because I'm an analytical actuary person. But man, have I realized, and I wish I would have realized it sooner, that the more you know yourself and the more that you align your business with your true, authentic, clear understanding of yourself, that's where happiness lives. It really is. That's, that's, those are great uh, words to know yourself, uh, Steve. In fact, uh, is too much of advanced planning? Planning to a certain extent is fine, but you see what we have... What has happened is with so many tools at your disposal, like you have been an actuary, with so many tools at your disposal, you start forecasting every move that will happen in your life, maybe five years, 10 years, everything. And then you get accustomed to so much of that forecasting that you want to be in control of the future, how things will pan out. And if there is a bit, and you're always afraid that things should never move out from the path that you have set out hmm. the, uh, the future for. And that leads to a lot of uh, tension. I have seen a lot of friends and a lot of people uh, having this sort of, you know, understanding this. Uh, they get trained. They are told like this. They become like this with time. Perhaps is this is this what you have also understood, Steve? Yes, I think if I understand what you're saying, I think, you know, we're, we're all trying to control the future uh, so that we can create our path. And if we're just strategic enough and we just have all the right tools and we plan everything perfectly, it's going to go exactly to form. That's not going to happen. Um, you know, this, this is the human experience. There, there's variance in life. There's variance in business. By variance, I mean just luck. There's things that happen in our world that we cannot control. That's just the reality. It's it's medical stuff. It's it's pandemics. It's you know it's it's invasions. It's all kinds of things that we we can't control in our life. Now I think it's good to plan. It's good to try to figure out a strategy, but you're you're not going to be able to control it. So you, I think I think it's best for us to lean into the human experience, to lean into the variance, and be able to adjust accordingly. I think there's a I think there's much more success that comes from being able to be adaptable than there is from being able to plan everything to the nth degree. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just the deal. And I think it reminds me of, uh, as an actuary, there's, I've done some things called stochastic forecasting, where you go down a path and you think, okay, what could, what are all the things that could happen? 
And what are the probabilities of each one of those happenings? And then at, at the next intersection, you look at each one of those pieces. Okay, if that happens, then what are all the things that can happen from there? And what are all the probabilities and the expected value, the expected return? And then you go to the next, you know, the next year out and so on and so on. And we run these models to try to like price insurance products or whatever. And these are like computer models where it's called stochastic on stochastic, where there's so many variables, but we're trying to figure out what's that true price of that product. And these are models that you run on like, you know, 35 computers at once, and they might take a week to complete. Like it's, it's crazy the amount of computing horsepower to try to figure out your best guess at that. And I think as humans, we try to do that. And I think a lot of us are analytical. So we think we can do that. And that gives us some comfort. And maybe it's a little bit better decision making, but you're never going to know the future because just one thing happens, the black swan event or anything happens, and it just kind of blows it up. And so I think it's a balance. Uh, I think it's good to plan. It's good to forecast, but you just have to know things are going to happen. Um, and some of those things you're going to be able to plan for with insurance or other things, and some things you're just not going to be able to plan for. Um, and that's the, that's the idea of being resilient. How do we respond in the midst of things that don't go our way? Yeah, yeah. So what should leaders, entrepreneurs know that they can they should look at uh, managing and not rather controlling? And what should they live on the on, on just the daily course of actions that 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 happens what was it said say that again so okay what should leaders or entrepreneurs should try to manage or bit of control and leave the rest out what what is possible and what is not yeah that that is a tough question that that's really tough and i think it's and i'm gonna cop out a little bit and say it depends but it depends on you personally what can you live with uh it's sort of like parenting some of us are free to we, we let our kids do more things some of us want to be more in control and you've got to be true to your personality about that. And some of it depends on the business and how much risk is there really uh, in your business. But uh, if it's about your employees, if it's about managing your employees, man, the, the value of empowering your employees to do things is huge. You know, we're at least here in the United States, we're really worried about uh, retaining employees. There's a lot of turnover, a lot of people leaving. It's hard to find people. And a lot of that, as I talk to these people that are leaving, I want to start their own business. A lot of it is I never felt empowered to actually do anything. They were just telling me what to do and I was just doing it. I want to, I want to have some, you know, some skin in the game. I want to be empowered to do things. And so as you're thinking about managing employees, empowering them is huge uh, to do that. But, but yeah, from that risk piece, it really depends on what you're, what you're trying to do, but what, and what your goals are. So when you say, you know, I, obviously I don't need to plan if I'm going to be in business for five years, I don't need to plan what's going to happen 20 years from now. You've got to look at your specific situation uh, and what you're trying to do there. But that's, that's where I think so many of us are looking for like those formulas, right? Like you've said, here's the formulas. This is hard work. Running a business is hard work and you really have to figure out what does this look like for your business? What's your risk tolerance? You know, if you are the kind of person that can absorb a uh, 50% drop in revenue uh, and a 20% increase in expenses, if you can actually absorb that and you're willing to take the risk of this new venture, then that's that's great for you. You can do that. If you're somebody that, that that you can't absorb that, you might need to think of a new strategy and adjust your strategy accordingly. So uh, I think it really depends on your your specific situation. Okay. Okay, Steve. Steve, you are a TEDx speaker, a professional keynote speaker. And if I'm correct, you tell your audiences that you are not a ball. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I, th I think you are not a ball. I think it, it comes back to this idea of, in, of intentionality, where 
you know, there's the the whole an object in motion tends to stay in motion, an object at rest tends to stay at rest unless there's some outside force that impacts it. I think Isaac Newton is credited for saying that. And so if you take a tennis ball, you're like, I've got one here. Hey, a little reminder, I've got my tennis ball here for your audience. But like, but like if you take a tennis ball and you just set it down somewhere, it's going to just stay there forever right. unless somebody else picks it up, the, a wind blows, some outside force moves it. Right. If I pick it up, if I if I throw it, it's going to stay in the air until gravity and everything else kind of drops it. If I bounce it, it's going to bounce like it's, it's really at reliant on an outside force to move or to stay, stay stable. And the reality is that's not us. I think a lot of us live our lives. A lot of us lead like we're a ball. We just wait for some outside force to move us. And we have the, the agency to stop, to start, to change directions without some outside force. And I think a lot of us forget that. I think we just, we, we sit around hoping that things change. We hope that the wind blows and we roll across the stage or whatever it might be. And hope is a powerful thing, but it's not a great business strategy. You know, we, we hope for a lot of things, but if you're just sitting around hoping for things, then you're like a ball. You're just waiting for something to happen and you hope the wind comes from the West and not the East right? Uh, versus what we what the reality is, is that we have agency to actually change our lives, our business, all of those things. We have way more control than we realize. And this is something that I didn't, you know, just maybe within the last 10 years, I became aware of like, I can actually choose my friends. Huh? I mean, it sounds so obvious, right? But I just was kind of stuck with who I was. And I wasn't really happy with all of them. And I'm, I'm like, you know what? I, I actually can change this. I can change who I hang out with. I can change right, who right. I get involved with my business. And that's that's a strong realization, you know, because you are, you're, you, you are what your company is, you know? Yeah. And that's part that ties right back into happiness too, right? As if you are the business owner, you can change how you do business, what you sell, who you work with, who your partners are, how you do things. If you're working with somebody that you just don't like how they do things, if you have a partner or a, you know, a vendor or something, and you're like, I just don't like how they do things. In most cases, you can change that uh, or at least move toward changing that or at least change how much influence they have over you. But I think a lot of us just, we, we think we're stuck and we're in, in general in life, we are far less stuck than we realize. We have more control, but it takes a lot of courage to do those things. I've ended relationships with people um, that have been very painful uh, because they just weren't the right people that to surround myself with. And it wasn't like I was terrible with them, but just like I said, I don't, I really don't want to keep getting together. It's just not mutually beneficial. I'm not enjoying it. It's sucking the life out of me and I'm going to move on to somebody else. Now, those are hard conversations sometimes, but since it's happened, I feel so much freer. I'm, I now have the people around me that make me laugh and that give me life and that care about me, not just me caring about them. And so I think not being a ball is about realizing the agency, the control that we have in our own lives and business. Absolutely. So once you take action and once you uh, just, you know, that's, that's the way to move forward, not just wait like a ball. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Take take action. Take advantage of the fact that you can actually bounce yourself and you can throw yourself across the air and you can change directions. Uh, we're, we're not a ball. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in a nutshell, uh, Steve, if you can put it uh, for our audience uh, together, the tips that one, you know, how entrepreneurs and business leaders can become heavier, uh, happier. 
one, two, three, four, some things that they can remember. We have talked through on, on different stages, but if they can remember in a nutshell. Yeah, I think the way that I boil it down is a very simple math equation, of course, because I'm an actuary, but clarity plus intentionality equals happiness. I mean, that really is what it all flows into. There's all kinds of different elements, but clarity, clarity, clarity on who you are, what you want out of your business, uh, you know, where you want to go, how you want to do things, who you want to do things with. And then if you're just clear, but you're not intentional, then it's just sort of dreaming. Okay, now I'm clear what I want. I sure hope it happens. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. You're just up to whatever the universe has for you. But but when you become intentional, that's when things really happen. Now you can be if you're intentional but you're not clear, then it's an Alice in Wonderland situation where if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there, right? You work really really hard to go down a path, but you don't even know where you want to go. It's going to get you somewhere, but who knows where? But when you combine those two powerful things, clarity and intentionality, to me those two things are the root of happiness. Perfectly, clarity and intentionality. Yeah. With those great words of wisdom, Steve. Uh, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass. Thank you very much. AJ, it's a pleasure. Pleasure to meet you. I love what you're doing here with the show. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you very much. And look forward to having you again soon on something more interesting than even this. Thank you very much. Thank you.